Every human being on planet Earth wants the same thing, happiness. But although we spend our lives searching for it, most of us end up looking in the wrong places. In this week's episode of Unbreakable Lessons, we're going to be uncovering the secret to living truly happy lives. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Lessons. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Yaakov Cohen. I'm a father, husband, rabbi, Jewish educator, and public speaker. And I've spent the past 12 years being privileged to help people utilize their personal struggles and challenges in order to create unbreakable, unshakable, unconditional confidence and inner joy in their lives. And in this week's episode, we're going to be doing just that. We're going to be uncovering the secret to creating that level of long-term, consistent, unconditional happiness in life. So let's begin. You want to know the secret to happiness? The secret to happiness is one word. One word. What's the word? You'll find that in just a few minutes. But let's start with a statement from the Talmud. One of the most well-known Talmudic statements is the line from Tractate Megillah, Masechus Megillah, which says, Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. When Adar enters, when Adar begins the Jewish month of Adar, then our level of happiness increases. So this has become a well-known statement because it's become a song that is sung throughout the Jewish communities. But what is this statement all about? What does it mean? When Adar comes in, you start the Jewish month of Adar, which we're in right now. We're leading up to Purim, only a few days left until Purim. So when Adar enters in, when we're in the Jewish month of Adar, our level of happiness seems to increase, according to the statement. Why? How? How do we become happier because we're in the month of Adar? What is it about the Jewish month of Adar that causes us to feel that sense of joy, to feel extra happy? I mean, think about it for a second. Okay, we have the holiday of Purim in Adar. Purim is a very joyous holiday. Purim, we come together as a community. We celebrate the fact that we survived the threat of annihilation thousands of years ago in ancient Persia. The Jewish people were going to be destroyed by the evil Haman. And we survived. We lived. And we celebrate. We celebrate through parties and dancing and singing and having a massive meal, a feast, a mishteh or a suda, right? And we get dressed up and we send each other gift baskets, mishloch manos, and poor people get money and they feel joy. And of course, we, you know, at these festive meals, we drink wine and we have our favorite foods. And there is this cause for celebration. But the thing is, is that there are other months in the Jewish calendar that have multiple holidays and not just one day like Purim, but a holiday with a, a full week long or eight or nine days. So obviously we have Tishrei. Tishrei, the month of Tishrei has Rosh Hashanah, which is two days, and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, which is a week, and then Shminat Seris and Simchas Torah. And then we have Hanukkah, which is eight days long. And then Pesach, which is seven days, eight days long in America. And we have all these other holidays, all these other months with holidays in it. Why are those months not months of joy? Why is it specifically Adar that is a month of happiness where our joy increases? So there's a classic joke that's told. Maybe you've heard it that all of our Jewish holidays can be summed up into nine words. Nine words. All of our holidays summed up into nine words. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. And it often seems like that, right? A story about some nation or person who tried to destroy us. We ended up living. And then we celebrate with a massive amount of food. That's what we do as Jews, right? But if you actually look at the holidays, if you examine just a few, it's really not the case. 
Let's say Hanukkah, for instance, okay? Obviously, we're going based on the order in the Jewish calendar, not in the chronological order in history. But Hanukkah was a time where the Syrian Greeks took over our land, Yerushalayim, Israel. And they tried to get rid of our Judaism. They didn't want us to practice our mitzvos, our commandments, our Jewish rituals, our Jewish culture, our Jewish wisdom, our Jewish learning, limura Torah, right? Studying Torah. They didn't want any of that. They wanted us to become like them. They wanted us to become Hellenists. And if we did, it was totally fine. We were just like one of them. They didn't see us as any different. But if we kept our Judaism, then they would oppress us. Then they would kill us. Then they would punish us. So the time period of Hanukkah was not a time period where they tried to destroy us. They didn't care about killing us as long as we went according to their culture, as long as we stripped away our Judaism and adopted their way of life. So, of course, the celebration of Hanukkah is the fact that we were able to overcome all those challenges and defeat the Yivanim, the Syrian Greeks, and therefore gain religious freedom. We were able to practice freely. We were able to have our nation back, our country back, and do whatever we wanted, live as Jews as we were supposed to live. Keep the Torah. Learn the Torah. And of course, continue to make that impact on the world that we were meant to make. The next example, of course, is Passover, Pesach. In the story of Passover, the Jewish people were enslaved by the Egyptian kingdom. When we were, the Egyptian empire didn't want to get rid of us. They didn't want to destroy us. Pharaoh specifically wanted to keep us around so that we could build his kingdom. We were working for free and we were building his kingdom. This was part of his legacy. It's all he cared about, right? So obviously he didn't want to destroy us. If we were gone, his kingdom would not be built. So, of course, what do we celebrate on Passover? Freedom, liberation from enslavement, from bondage, from being treated like animals, to then being free, to living the lives that we want, using our own free will to make our own decisions. But we're not celebrating being saved from annihilation. So, again, both in the story of Hanukkah and the story of Passover, we're not celebrating being saved from annihilation. They didn't try to destroy us. They didn't try to destroy us completely as a nation. The only example of a Jewish holiday that we have where we celebrate being saved from destruction, from annihilation, is the story of Purim. You had a man named Haman. Haman hated one Jew named Mordechai. Mordechai wouldn't bow down to him because according to Jewish law, you can't bow down to another person. So he wouldn't bow down to him. Haman, who was the ultimate power-hungry narcissist, all he wanted was power. All he wanted was people to respect him, to bow to him, to do anything that he said. And here's a man who wouldn't bow down to him. Haman felt such a burning anger and hatred towards Mordechai that he decided that he wasn't just going to kill Mordechai. He was going to kill every single member of the Jewish people. Mordechai is a Jew. Therefore, every member of the Jewish nation that Mordechai belongs to is going to be destroyed, annihilated, wiped off the planet. So what happened? Not only did Haman in the end not succeed at killing us, but he ended up being killed. Not only did Mordechai not get killed, but Mordechai got the greatest honors in the world. He became the viceroy instead of Haman, in place of Haman. He became the second in command in Persia in the end. He got the royal ring. He got Haman's home. The entire story flipped on his head. And eventually, soon after, the Jewish people returned to their temple, returned to their homeland, to Jerusalem, to Israel. And the Jewish people not only were saved, but continued to thrive and grow as a nation from that point on. So, this is the ultimate story of salvation. This is the ultimate story where what are we celebrating? What are we celebrating in the Purim story? We're not celebrating freedom of religion. That's important, but we're not celebrating that on Purim. We're not celebrating freedom from slavery, freedom from bondage. We're not celebrating our free will. No, we're not celebrating. Also important, but we're not celebrating that on Purim. 
On Purim, we're celebrating one thing, life. All we're celebrating on Purim is that we are alive. Before the story began, before Haman had the evil plan to kill the Jews, the Jewish people were also living. So what changed? Now, all of a sudden, we had this new sense of gratitude for life. On Purim, we are celebrating the gift of life. We are celebrating what true joy is all about. Where does true happiness come from? From being grateful for being alive. Just the mere fact that I'm alive for another day should give me such gratitude, such intense joy, that it changes my entire attitude. Everything that I do now begins with this new perspective of I'm alive for another day. There's something I can do today that no one else can do. There's a mission. There's a purpose to my existence today. God put me back into this world today. Let me tell you one of the most incredible true stories I've ever witnessed. A very cool student of mine who gave me permission to tell the story, but didn't give me permission to say his name. So let's call him Benji. Benji was going through a very difficult period in his life. He was in college. It's a few years after I taught him in high school. And we learned together every week, once a week. And we learned different prayers, different ideas in Judaism, Jewish thought. And this took place about four years ago. At that time, he opened up to me that he was unfortunately suffering from depression. His family spoke to me about it as well. And he had his ups and downs, some mornings where he literally couldn't get out of bed. And he had college classes to go to, but he just couldn't gain the strength to get up and go about his day. So within the various Jewish prayers that we were learning together, we got up to the prayer of Moda'ani. And there was an idea that we spoke about when translating Moda'ani that really spoke to Benji. Moda'ani says as follows, Moda'ani lefanecha melech chai v'kayam. Thank you, God, living and eternal king. Shehechazarta bi neshmasi bechemla. That you returned my soul to me. Rabba emunasecha. Because you have faith in me. Now remember, this is a prayer that we're supposed to say in the morning. When we wake up. Before we get to any of the other blessings that we focus on. All the other things that we're grateful for in our lives. We focus on one thing when we wake up in the morning. What is that? I'm alive for another day. God, you gave me life for another day. It's not just another day of my life. It's another day of life. Another day where I'm given the ability to make an impact in the world, to change something, to fix something, to accomplish something that no one else can accomplish. I have a mission. My day has a purpose. I'm not here to take up space. I'm here for a reason. If I wasn't, then I wouldn't be here. My eyes wouldn't be open. Because I am, it means that God, you believe in me. You trust me. You believe that I could do something great. Usually we talk about our faith in God. But it's one of the only times that we talk about God's faith in us. God, you believe in me. You put me back in this world today for a purpose. There's something I can do today that no one else can do. So this idea really inspired him. It gave him a lot of motivation, a lot of inspiration, a lot of strength, and a lot of joy. Until about three weeks later, I get a text message from him one morning that read as follows. Rabbi, I can't get out of bed this morning. I can't face my day. I don't know what to do. I decide to call him. I kid you not, it was a 30-second conversation, 30 seconds, where I simply reminded him of the idea that spoke to him a few weeks before. And I said, remember the idea that God puts us back into this world today? Every single day, he gives us life. He gives us life for a purpose because he believes there's something we can do that no one else can do. Each and every one of us has a mission today that no one else can accomplish. So I wouldn't say that he was inspired, but it gave him enough strength to face his day. So he went to college and I didn't hear from him until the end of the day. So later that night at about eight o'clock, I get a call from Benji and I answer the phone, but 
but I don't hear any speaking. All I hear is muffled crying. And I say, Benji, is everything okay? He can't get a word out. I said, Benji, what's wrong? What's going on? Is everything okay? Should I call your parents? What's going on? And he said, no, 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 stop, stop. And again, he's speaking through his tears. He says, no, 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 everything's okay. I said, everything's okay, you don't, you don't sound like it. He says, no, I'm not crying because I'm sad. Okay, why are you crying? He says, I'm crying because the most amazing thing happened to me today. I'm like, what happened? He says, after we spoke, I got ready for school, I went to school. And as I was parking my car across the street from my school, it's a massive, massive street in California, and I cross the street and I'm about to walk into my school. As I'm about to walk in, I see a young boy, I mean a little boy, probably two years old, running down the sidewalk on his own. No parent, no babysitter, no adult in sight. I don't even see anyone else on the sidewalk, anyone else walking around except for that child. And I'm watching him run and run. And he then crosses a small street that was perpendicular to the bigger street next to us. And I realized this child has no fear. He has no concept of the fact that cars are driving by. He's gonna run into that big street where there are hundreds of cars passing by every minute. And he's way too small for any car to see him. So I get very nervous, he says, and I see him continue to run. So I drop my bag to the side. I run as fast as I can. He said, I ran faster than I've ever run in my entire life. And I catch up to him. But as I catch up to him, he is literally in the street. He is in the street at that moment. He has jumped into the street. He is a centimeter away from a car. And I scooped him up, brought him back onto the sidewalk, and waited for an adult to come. Within about two minutes, his babysitter comes. She thanks me profusely for saving him. I explained to her that he was literally in the street. And she tells me that she has been taking care of him since he was a newborn. He had just started running. You know, he started walking a little while back, just started running recently, and she hasn't been able to catch up to him. Usually she has him in the stroller, but she was giving him a drink out of the stroller, whatever it was. She was trying to get back in the stroller, and he ran and ran and ran, and she couldn't catch up to him. So, of course, I help her put him back into the stroller. She buckles him up, and they continue on their way. And he said, I looked around once again at that moment, just as I did before when I saw the child running, and I saw again there was no one else walking around in the street. There were hundreds of cars passing by, but no one else walking around on the sidewalk. He said, do you know what that means? I said, what? He said, it means that if I wasn't there, then that child would have been killed. If I didn't get up in the morning, if I didn't face my day, if I didn't go to school, then no one would have been there to save the child's life. The child is only alive because of me. Now he said, I understand that I'm not going to be saving someone's life every single day. But now I realized that this concept is 100% true. Every single one of us has a mission. Every single one of us has a purpose. Every day of our lives, there's something that I can do that no one else can. Every individual person has something they can accomplish every day that no one else can. Each and every one of us has a mission every day of our lives. And God puts us back into the world today. Every single day is another day of life. Another day where God says, I believe in you. I believe you can accomplish something amazing today. Maybe you'll save someone's life. Maybe you'll make an impact that you won't even know about till 40 years later. But you will do something. You will have the chance, the opportunity to do something that no one else can do. That if you are not there, it won't happen. The moment a person feels grateful for being alive is the moment a person feels a sense of joy 
unlike anything they've experienced before. Why? Because each and every one of us has challenges in our lives. Every human being on planet Earth has difficulties, has struggles, has pain. And of course, for every person, it's different. Some bigger, some smaller, different shapes, different sizes, but every person has challenges. And what that means is that although while people are experiencing immense challenges, it's almost impossible not to focus on that difficulty. Almost impossible. But much of the time, our lives are filled with both challenges and tremendous blessings. And it's up to us what we want to focus on. You see, we all have this schema, a mental filter. What it means is that no human being can take in everything at once. We'd go crazy. We'd be overstimulated. We can't take in everything at once. We only filter in certain things at a time. Therefore, whatever it is that we focus on ends up being that which is filtered into our brains and that which becomes our life experience. So if we decide that even though we have challenges, even though we have struggles, that we're not ignoring, we're not repressing, we're just not focusing all of our energy on them, despite how difficult it may be at times, we still have the choice and it's empowering to know that we have the choice to focus on our blessings, to focus on the positive things that are happening in our lives, to focus on the incredible things that are happening in the world. Is there darkness in the world? Of course. Are there challenges in the world? Endless. But despite the fact that there are challenges and we're not ignoring them, we don't focus our minds solely on the difficulties, on the darkness, and therefore filter in that information alone. We focus our energy on the blessings, on the positive things in the world, on the heroes, on the incredible things that are happening every day, the miracles that are around us. And the fact that we are alive, the fact that I'm alive for another day, that in itself should give me the ultimate sense of gratitude. Because even when I have tremendous challenges, I'm alive. Knowing that I have a mission every single day reminds me how grateful I am to be alive. How grateful I am to be here today to accomplish something that no other human being can accomplish. We started off with the question, what is the secret to happiness? The answer, it's one word, gratitude. When I feel grateful to be alive, when I feel grateful for the fact that I'm alive for another day, then any other blessings that I also feel grateful for, they're like a bonus. They're additional blessings on top of the gratitude that I'm already feeling. Feeling grateful for being alive will cause any person to feel happy. Recognizing, being cognizant, being aware of the fact that God put me back into this world today. He gave me a mission today. He believes in me. He gave me a purpose to my existence today. Every day is a gift. If I see every day as a gift, then I'm filled with happiness. I want to end with the following thought. Several years ago, Dr. Howie Leibowitz, an interventional cardiologist, was making his rounds on the hospital floor when suddenly it blared a code blue alert and he found out that someone in the cafeteria went into cardiac arrest. By the time he got down there, there were several other doctors who were trying to work on the woman. And as Dr. Leibowitz got closer, he inserted an intravenous catheter into her body to get her started on epinephrine. He then used the defibrillators to send an electric shock to the heart to get it started again. And the other doctors were watching the heart monitor as the line continued to remain completely straight. And he used the defibrillators over and over and over again. Some of the other doctors were starting to lose hope, but Dr. Leibowitz wouldn't give up. He used them over and over and over again. Another time and another time, another time, still nothing. And then suddenly, the line that was going straight darted upward. There was life. One of the other doctors says, Dr. Leibowitz, look! He continued working on her. They brought her to the emergency room and continued working on her there. About a few hours later, Dr. Leibowitz got the great news that she was doing well. Two days later, Dr. Leibowitz got a call that the woman wanted to see him. He came to her hospital room, and as he walked through the hospital room door, the woman's husband 
pointed to Dr. Leibowitz and said, he's the one, he's the one that saved your life. The woman broke down crying. She said, what do I say to you? Thank you? That's what you say to someone who holds the door open for you, to someone who lends you a pen, not to someone who saved your life. But I'll tell you this, every day of my life, every single day moving forward, when I'm doing anything, when I'm out with my husband, when I'm out with my friends, when I'm exercising, when I'm going to work, when I'm doing anything that I usually do, I will think of you and say, thank you, Dr. Leibowitz. Every time I'm eating, every time I'm breathing properly, every time I open my eyes and I can see, I can hear, I can speak, I can walk around, I will think of you and say, thank you, Dr. Leibowitz. This is the type of gratitude that is possible for us to experience every day. Every day, whatever it is that we're doing, we could take a step back just for a moment to say, the fact that I'm alive, the fact that I can see, I can hear, I can speak, I can walk around, anything that I'm doing that I enjoy, to take a step back and say, thank you. Thank you, God, for giving me another day of life, for giving me life to enjoy, for giving me life to make an impact on other people's lives. Every day that I'm alive is another day where I have a mission that no one else can accomplish, where I can do something unbelievable. I can be great and God believes in me. If we feel that sense of gratitude, if we feel that grateful for being alive, we will be filled with constant joy. That is the joy of Adar. That is the joy of Purim. Remembering how grateful we are just to be alive. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I'm so happy that you did. If you found this meaningful and impactful or know anyone else who would, please feel free to share it with them. You can contact me anytime at unbreakablelessonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Really looking forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day.